A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D. You could find me on Twitter at Dead Pull Hitter. Getting into a little team by team breakdown um, with my boy Ryan Roof from Rotowire. Um, I think everyone knows Ryan by now. Closer extraordinaire, as well as a fantastic fantasy baseball analyst in general and player. Um, we had a, an idea to go through team by team, look at projection discrepancies, playing time discrepancies, or anything that we can um, provide for on a team level basis in terms of positioning, minor league guys coming up, pitching, depth, anything. So we had an idea to do one whole division today, and we only got through two teams, uh, but we're going to continue doing it. So today we decided to start with the AL East and we hit off with Baltimore and New York Yankees. And um, yeah, it was fun. We uh, hope you guys enjoyed this kind of little series. I'll plan it to get through obviously every MLB team by the time we're done. Um, should be well in time before the season starts. So uh yeah if you have any feedback for this kind of uh podcast please um please provide that that'll be great if not thank you for everyone who is providing feedback as is with ratings reviews um all that fun stuff really appreciative of it and uh keeps me going keeps me wanting to do this and uh yeah hope everyone is being well and loving one another and not being big bags of shit, you know? So, all right, here we go. Um, enjoy the podcast. All righty, folks. Welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob D. Find me on Twitter at Dead Pull Hitter. I'm here again with my good friend, Ryan Roof. Ryan, what's up today? Is it as miserable as it is in New Jersey as it is by you? A um, little bit. Yeah, but uh, trying to have a positive outlook, uh, of course, things you know, it's just a little weather, it's a little gray, a little depressing here in Cleveland, but not too bad. But uh, mm-hmm. first of all, before we get into things, I want to I wanna cover a few things with, with you. I love it. Here. Let's cover, let's cover. All right, all right. First thing, thank you, bro, because you shared my uh, my tweet the other day about you know coming on podcasts more last year and you shared it and Bubba shared it and uh I just got so much um positive feedback on from your listeners uh on my uh appearances which is really cool it was really cool um 
when I first did a podcast, I think my first one was with um, Jeff Erickson. And uh, I, I was so nervous. I was telling Mike Carter on Twitter, I was like, I was so nervous that I got sick before the podcast. And mm-hmm. I almost reached out to Jeff to cancel the podcast. <laughs> yep. um, it's just, you know, I deal with anxiety, man. It's, you know, I, it's, it's not easy. I know a lot of people deal with it. I'm not afraid to talk about it. I, uh, I, I take medication. I go to counseling. It all helps, but talking to people like you, Bubba, um, really helped me step out of my comfort zone, have the courage to do some podcasts. So first of all, thank you. Thank Bubba. Thank all the road to wire guys who have had me on really appreciate it. It's uh, it's, it's been a big uh, growth uh, thing for me this past year. So appreciate it, man. Yeah, of course. You're very welcome, man. You're, you're, you're great at what you do and you're a great human being. And uh, that's just the thought of things. And yeah, you know, it's, um, it's not easy to get in front of the mic in front of the camera and project yourself to, you know, a whole bunch of listeners. I mean, especially when you're on a, the Rotowire pod, because that's getting sent out to way more people than this podcast for sure. But it's um, it is a little nerve wracking. I still, um, you know, I get a little bit when I do my own, but especially when I go on someone else's pod, you know, I always could get a little bit of those uh, like stepping up to the plate, you know. Um, yeah, like I don't want to sound like a dumbass, right? Like, no. and, and I know yeah. I've like misspoke and on pods before and when i listen back i'm like oh man, man you're such a fucking idiot you <laughs> sound like a meatball, just said that <laughs> <laughs> so like there's time like i'll always listen back just to just to see you know what i can improve upon you know but yep. yeah. yeah it's uh it was, you know it's been really cool thank you thanks to everyone who's reached out to me on twitter and stuff it's it's been really cool to hear hear some of the feedback and I feel like uh, I'm more comfortable doing these, especially with, you know, friends like you, Bubba. And, uh, so I don't get as nervous talking to you guys, but um, it's definitely helped me kind of grow as a, as a, just an analyst and uh, just as a public speaker. Um, so it's been cool. Yeah, man. And, and like you said, when you just get any feedback, you know, when I get feedback from my podcast, like, any like words go such a long way you know and that's yeah. why it's always good to offer people encouragement um you know constructive criticism helps too and um especially because like you mentioned like you don't know what people have going on in their life and that's why it's just easier to not be a bag of shit toward people <laughs> you yeah. know it's just really sure. not that difficult to be nice and um even with people maybe you disagree with their you know, with their thoughts and with their opinions, because um, there's a lot of that going on in the world right now, you know, everywhere, it just increases day by day. But it's important to, like, so what? If you disagree with someone, it doesn't make them a bad person. Um, you just have different things going on in your brain, you know? Um, yeah. I have friends like, I don't listen, I got guy anymore, his music, because uh, I, don't, I don't agree with his political thoughts or something. I was like, but he make, but you love the music. Like, isn't right. that what matters? <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't get that, uh, that whole strike thing because of what people think in their brain is to pure antenna, like entertainment value to you. It doesn't 
you don't have to get involved with politics. Like it's the best way to just stay out of it. You just don't even bring that up, you know? Yeah. For um, as much, as much like shit there is in this world and bags of shit, like watching, um, how this Damar Hamlin thing has unfolded the past several days, like just, just the way the bills, the Bengals handled that, um, the coaches, all the players, um, and just seeing people come together, uh, you know, just to pray for him on national TV and uh, donating to his charity. It, it does like, first of all, that was, that was scary as hell, man. It just, it's just watching that just reminds me how, how precious life is. Um, but seeing everyone really kind of come together, offer their thoughts, donate to his cause, it did show me, you know, there's still a lot of good in this world. People. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, the good the good will always overcome the evil for sure. And yeah. I just hope he has the ability to get the care he needs for the rest of his life, you know, if he has anything that he's gonna need help with. I don't know how not deep into the NFL like insurance policies and you know yeah. how how like if he has to retire how it, like because you know you have to have a vested credit and all that stuff to you know to get lifetime insurance i hope that he can get what he needs um because it's such a dangerous sport obviously um and i hope he can get all the care that he needs without having to be broke the rest of his life you know so i hope it, it or even if he could take some of that i don't know how that works either legally with the money that was donated to his his fund his foundation if that could just help him too with any medical cost but either way i hope he doesn't have to pay anything <laughs> for any complications he has for the rest of his yeah. life you know because that just would be not cool but that's i know did you see that um that clip from uh it's actually here in cleveland it's the ultimate cleveland sports show uh one of the it's like a round table of of cleveland guys who talk sports you know cleveland wise all you know all around the world and and one of their hosts garrett bush um really really good uh sports talk guy here in cleveland uh it's g bush 91 on twitter is where you can find him he had a really really good rant about just what you were saying um you know just try to open people's eyes to you know taking care of the players you know who put their bodies on the line and may not be getting the care they they deserve you know, once they retire and things like that. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, but, you know, all this, you know, despite the the shitty weather here and, you know, I am reminded the past couple of days of just, you know, how the good in the world and, you know, especially with, uh, you know, you're one of those people always, I sent you a, a text the other day of my, my draft champions outfield core. And it was just, six really shitty outfielders i'm like this this outfield sucks and you came back and we're like yeah it's not ideal but you know and i'm just like man i appreciate you tr <laughs> you're trying to lift my spirits about it i know it sucks but i appreciate you trying to be positive about it so but just look how like how often we're we guess wrong on how we think we're strong or weak in something you know like last year i had so many drafts where i was like oh that's have 10 deep outfielders, you know, and in, 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 in July, I'm like, wow, <laughs> it's not so deep after all, you know, I, yeah, things can change very easily between injuries and like ineffectiveness. So, um, or effectiveness. So maybe, you know, listen, I, I, I'll, I'll, 
it's hard for me to tell someone they have a terrible team, you know, or a terrible, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll just, you know, I like to say, like, and I just thought I put it exactly the way you should, like, it's not ideal, but it's also not terrible because, you know, I think, um, you know, even like uh, Phil Dussel likes to talk about this a lot when, you know, like one of his rants, one of his pet peeves is when people ask, you know, what, what's the uh, last catcher you'd ha- want as your C1? What's your last, when's the, what's the last guy you wanted your third base one? He's like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because if you're weak there, you're probably strong everywhere else or, you know, in most other places. So maybe your outfield isn't as strong, but maybe, you know, maybe you got it going on in other spots, you know? So, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, for sure. Draft those stats, not the positions. Yes. Someone might have been Phil said that. I don't know. But yeah. Either Phil know. or Steve. They they say a lot of great things that usually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, These next couple of months, I'll be going back into their archives of all their podcast appearances, just re listening to everything they've talked about. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> so, know. I, I, I definitely have to do that. I have to have to, have to re-listen to some of mine, um, especially the one I just had with the auction stuff with um, Brody John. You know, going to do some auctions this year, so I'm really uh have to re-listen a couple. That times one was to- so good, man. I listened to that twice. I took notes. Like that was really, really good. Like that dude brought some some great info. Really did, really. Did. I was surprised how much he opened up, considering you know how high of the stakes he, you know, leagues played and, you know, he knew everyone was going to listen, you know, I mean, yeah. everyone in the NFC that knows him or plays against him was a guaranteed listen, you know? And um, so he, he definitely, he had, he, he opened up my eyes to a couple of things that I, I know, like I'm on the fence about and just to be more, more, you know, more um, aggressive in the way you do things and more fluid too. So, yeah, I'm uh I like that one. It was good for sure. Um one mini rant before we get into our AL East preview, but I know it's usually about how public bathrooms <laughs> rant for me, but you know, I really don't like the blowers that blow your hands. I really despise them. I think they're disgusting. Like because too Here's the reason too, because people don't know how to wash their hands. You know, you get a lot of the, the water sprinklers, you know, like the people who just do it for show. Oh, there's a guy over here, you know, and I, I, maybe I just read too much into it, but I definitely feel someone just go, Oh, there's someone here. So I have to show that I'm trying. And they just put their (laughs) hand under the water and do like, do a quick little thing with their fingers. Like they sprinkle off. Yeah. And I'm like, and then they go to the blower and it blows it all over the fucking wall and everywhere else. And then like all the bacteria got, got dude, off their hands when. Yeah. When yeah. Just... And now it's just there floating around in this blower area. I skip it. You know, if there's a blower, I dry my hands on my shirt and I fucking walk out. Yeah. I really don't care. Like, I'd rather do that because the blowers are nasty. And yeah. I know paper. I get it. You know, save trees by not using the, the paper, but um being a former um restaurant and uh gym manager you know if you have the automatic one you could designate how much of the paper comes out so you know, people aren't pumping like you know 16 feet of it and walking out by not using much of it but um blowers are gross just gotta say that no yeah. pass on that 
pass, and people just have to really step up their hand washing. Smarten up. Just smarten up, up, up. That's it. Really not that difficult. Okay, so we're going to get into some Hold ale. on a second. Before okay. we get in, I All have right. to expand upon the bathroom, the public bathroom rant, and this will okay. be quick. No, it's fine. So my first ever day working in the workforce, I think I was like 14 or 15 years old. This was at McDonald's. Mm, nice. The first day on the job, literally within like 20 minutes of working, someone shit on the floor of the <laughs> men's restroom. And I was tasked with cleaning it up. So I am not on the public bathrooms because that haunts me to this day. <laughs> um, it was disgusting. I used a nugget scoop to clean it up. And I obviously threw the nugget scooper away. You know, they have the, the chicken nugget scoops, you know, that you literally a box. nugget scooper. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, and then Ooh. it was just, it was traumatizing. So yeah, I wasn't, I'm not a fan of public bath. How did they like, did they, they just miss the bowl? It was or like they, right in the middle of the floor. Like it wasn't even near a there? toilet. It wasn't even near a toilet. Hmm. So. so it had to have been like a prank thing or something. It must have been, yeah. Because, you know, even if you like didn't make it to the, you know, to the bowl in time, you know, you'd think you'd have your pants on and then you know, not just, yeah. but maybe that was a thing. Maybe it was a, maybe it was planned out. Like, listen, I might not make it. So let me drop my pants now in case I don't Possible. make the, the extra four steps to. I mean, we've all had, we've all had geez. that where we were, we're clenching our cheeks and we're not going to make it. Right. Um, the good old poop explosion, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, I, I try not to be a public restroom shitter. What I try to be respectful of the public restrooms, but sometimes you just you just can't. And yeah, it's yeah. you know, especially when like you know, you get people in there who's oh and, you know, you <laughs> they add the they add, you know, the tone and they add emphatic, you know, groans to their deuce dropping, you know? Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like they're looking for someone to talk to. Or they're looking for someone to like. Oh yeah, that was a lot a of the... one. What the fuck are you doing? In there, There's it's not a lot of sex. That You're taking a shit. Yeah, yeah, that's that can get real uncomfortable. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know what they're doing over there. <laughs> don't know. You definitely don't know. Um. All right. So I almost want to like encourage them. Like, man, that yeah. must. Have... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're doing fine. Yeah, yeah. Give it up. It's not going to be all right, man. <laughs> Anyways, let's get on with it. What's what's, yeah, the, what's the outline today look like? Let's get on with it. We're going to go through the AL East. We're going to do a, each division in the Major League Baseball. We're going to go through team by team in that division. We're going to hop through the projected steamer stats. Um, look at the depth chart review. See if there's any playing time discrepancies that we feel like. Um you know, um, anything seem off in the projections or the playing time and maybe even make a bold prediction. And, you know, for each team, um, it could be so. anything. And, um, yeah, I mean, um, I think it's just, it was an exercise that's helping me at least just, uh, I skimmed through the depth chart early in the season, you know, like in a November-ish now, like with all the movement and everything, you know, kind of just have to keep, keep refreshing your eyes on the depth charts and, um, you know, if you could, if you think there's a playing time different, you know, this is the time you got to go for it and make the change. And um, yeah, you know, just as we were talking prior to just reading the process by Jeff Zimmerman and Tanner Bell, which just came out. And if anyone really wants to get good at fantasy baseball, 
they have to get you have to get this it's just plain plain as that like plain as that because i read it i read the stuff that jeff and hannah talk about and this and the statistical dives that jeff does accounting for the new shift and the projected babip and i feel like a free hole i feel like what the fuck can i like i'm not good like i have no idea what i'm looking at i feel like when i read some of the stuff and you know like wow this is but this is why they write the book and they really help everyone look for actionable changes that you can make in um you know in in getting better at fantasy so um yeah highly suggest anyone to go get that immediately um think that the pdf file i can't wait now. to dive in yeah yeah, Every, yeah everything you just said it's like it's you know almost like wow these there are a lot of smart people in our industry man oh yeah there's just so many and jeff and, puts uh, it out there forever like he puts it out there on rotographs and yeah. in the book it's is he's never shy to show what he's thinking what he's doing and how he's maneuvering his um play evaluations and i just think that's that's wonderful especially in a way that it's it's calculated and, and you know it's not just an on the whim gut feeling type of article you know it's well researched and it's it's actionable that was, that's why i always tell him when he writes an article i said wow that was such an actionable article you could read it and apply it to your own and that's the best you can't ask for anything less than that yeah shout out shout out to jeff and tanner they, they always do great work i don't think it's any secret to your listeners, but if you haven't followed their work or, or tools that they provide us to, uh, you know, improve our games every year, I just, I just bought, um, Tanner's, uh, uh, SGP spreadsheet, um, mm -hmm. his, mm -hmm. uh, projection aggregator this morning, uh, for 2023, bought the updated ones. Um, just a lot of great tools, smart, smart fantasy baseball.com his website you can find the tools there and uh just just great yeah yeah really is um it's 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 so key it's um a projection aggregator is fantastic too because uh as they both mentioned jeff and tanner the wisdom of the crowds <laughs> will always you know kind of win out in um if you're unsure of uh you know which which projection system you want to use or if you know that one is better than the other in a statistical category or one is better at plate appearances than the other you could toggle that off you could take the plate appearance off one keep it it's just brilliant and then you could weight each one as you want you know you want 70 percent steamer and 30 percent like master's ball you could do that um really um it's really awesome it's really great yeah, last tools. Last season was the first year I implemented those those tools, the process, um, you know, the the SGP spreadsheet, the the aggregator, things like that, and um, I had my best fantasy season last year. So I think they they went a long way in opening my eyes to a lot of things I I previously did not think about. So, um, yeah, get those get those tools in your toolbox for sure. For sure, for sure, it's uh helpful definitely helpful um all right so let's start with um the baltimore orioles um i think interesting team overall i think there are some questions here um i think my biggest things are how many plate appearances perhaps cedric mulling loses i think let's start with him he's the projected leadoff hitter um on on steamer 680 plate appearances um he started 
only eight of 16 versus lefties after the all-star break. And he hit in those eight starts twice. He hit eighth and once he hit sixth. And this is in the midst of a playoff run. Um, so I don't know. Very eye opening. It is very eye opening. I, I feel like, I feel like this is definitely concerning. Um, but I don't know. There's, Do we know who started um, in his in in the games he didn't? There? In his stead, they say yes. um, yeah. Ryan McKenna was the McKenna. majority winner of uh, those those at bats and plate appearances. So um, okay. I don't obviously I don't think he's 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 still on the team. They don't have him projected for only seventy four plate appearances. But with the additions of um, Adam Frazier. Um, on the team, and maybe Jorge Mateo loses out some infield innings, but maybe he hops in the outfield sometimes. I'm not sure. I don't know. Are you are you super concerned with Mullins' overall? I mean, because I think, I think you know that's that's the biggest driver of his success. Obviously, the speed is is great, but it's 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 the amount of um, mass that he gets, you know. That helps yeah, I, I'm a, I'm not super concerned. I'm a little concerned. Um, I think, you know, maybe Steamers got him for 147 games. Um, maybe that's a little high. Maybe 140, 135 is where he lands. Um, if if that trend of platooning um, continues. Um, and it really depends, um, you know, they have so many options, um, you know, M- McKenna really wasn't like, he's not like a stud or nothing, you know, he's mm-hmm. even against lefties. He hit, he hit well against lefties last year, but you know, over the past three years, he's been like a two uh, 16 hitter against left-handers. Um, so not like the strongest option. Um, Mateo, I would think could benefit from the, the, uh, playing time when Mullen sits against lefties. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think Frazier's like really the primary replacement there. If if Mullins does sit, because he struggles against lefties too. So mm-hmm. this will that'll definitely be interesting to play out. I do think Mullins is still a, a double digit homer, stolen base guy. You know that that'll keep his value pretty high, but. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think uh, I'm not super concerned, but I do have a little concern. Right. So. He also um, um, you know, shifted pretty heavily against 52% of the time last year um, and 45% of the time in 2021. Um, I think he's one of those guys I'd be targeting. Like if, if I go like two power bats, like if I go like Jordan Alonso, like he's one of those guys I would look to, you know, probably target in round four or whatever. He's not somebody I would be looking to target. Like he's he's like build dependent, right? I think. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, because I mean, I think even even in the second half, um, you know, he he did pretty well overall. Uh, so it's not like he was really playing horribly, um, you know, in the, in the second half of the season, he still 
Um, at a 750 OPS, 260 averages, uh, you know, five percent battle percentage, but you know, nine homers. So it's, it's um, and it's really and, interesting. Yeah, what man. you pointed out, though, is really interesting in that he hit lower in the lineup, two in the eighth spot, one in the sixth spot, in the sixth hole against left-handers. So, so even if he does play and he does move down the lineup, I mean, that, that could potentially impact, uh, you know, his, his plate appearance projection, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, that just, you know, it shaves off a couple of at-bats, you know, yeah. over the court, you know, it adds up. Um, you know, he overall in the season, he did get up a, uh, 197 plate appearances versus lefties, um, 209 average, 578 OPS. The league average for a lefty batter versus a lefty is 647. Um, so again, I guess it just depends too how, like, if if they're serious about winning and these are the margins that help teams win, will will it you know affect him? Will he get benched just like he did at the end of the season for the full end of the season? Um, and then obviously who who comes in to replace him? You know in in those moments. Yeah. Great point. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, let's see who else in this lineup or any positions that you kind of, you know, maybe see discrepancy with in the projections or just have like questions about, you know, where guys might play. Um, I think, well, I think, first of all, I think um, one of the, we're talking about the how Mullen said against lefties and what really caught my eye was how uh, Adley Rutschman did against lefties. Mm -hmm. Um, It was not great. Uh, It was actually, let's see, where did he go? Uh, Just lost, I just had him and I just lost him. Uh, Anyways, uh, let's see, I wrote it down. Um, Yeah, 173 versus lefties last year with a 552 OPS. Um, which is not great. Um, not sure there's a huge platoon risk there with him. You know, I think I think Rutschman potentially could get the most plate appearances out of all catchers this year, hitting out of the two hole. Um, they seem to be willing to DH him last year when he wasn't catching. So, but um, it's a little concerning. Definitely is a little concerning. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely concerning in terms of, I think the expectations for like his possible output. I don't see like it as a reason for them to like, you know, give him less time. So I think the plate appearances, the volume will still be there, but I don't think they're, they're sitting Adley Rutschman, you know, or, or, or going to play that game with him. I think he just leads the pitching staff enough you do have James McCann there now, um, you know, to back him up. Um, but yeah, I I think it'll affect his, if anything, his overall numbers if he can't get better with it. But I think the volume, um, I think the volume would be there. It seems like he got a little better at the end of the season. Um, yeah, but still, definitely, uh, yeah. And in the last see, see September on, he. Definitely was a little bit improved versus lefties. Um, obviously a smaller sample, but um, got a little better battling the ball and 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 making contact first them. So um, that should be interesting. Um, 
I think I have a little bit of a uh uh like who who's backing up Malcastle at first base, you know? Um the depth chart on Fangraphs has Luis Diaz there, um, who's just I think was on his 16 since the season ended, right? He's bounced around. Uh, team yeah, the team. Ryan O'Hearn uh, uh, story ended pretty quickly. Pretty, yeah, yeah. I, but I guess if he clears waivers, he could still have a chance to make the team, right? Um, but still very, very yeah. strange turn of events there with Ryan O'Hearn for sure. But, um, you know, obviously I don't think Mountcastle, you know, I don't think we're expecting him to play every single game at first, but I was just, you know, they have Luan Diaz. Is he going to be the guy or is there someone on the roster already? Maybe Adley does get some time at first. Maybe it's some James McCann or I don't know. I don't know if Kyle Stowers can put on a first base glove. I know toward the end of last year, they were like talking about getting Santander some looks there and just so guys were like, you know, more flexible to move around. Um, so, you know, I think Mountcastle... It's not at I hope Mountcastle plays every every day because that I love that dude. Like, yeah, you do. <laughs> he's one of my biggest targets this year. He's he's awesome. Um, you know the the new park dimensions did did affect his his home run output, but still one of the, the hardest hitters in the league, and um, just really like uh, his his profile. So yeah, I mean, he... kind of hoping he plays uh, 150 games and. You know those those remaining ten games can go to, you know, Luis Diaz. <laughs> yeah, I mean he was sixth in the league in barrels with sixty one. Um, yeah, I think some of those were. I think it was a little less effective because some of them kind of switched to opposite field barrels, which you know in general isn't as um, you know effective as pulling a barrel, but um, because of the new dimensions, like you mentioned. Um, you know, kind of trying to shift that. See, he's been actually gone the other way pretty well. I mean, in 2021, he had 11 barrels opposite field. This year, he had 16. Um, just just the difference in that the home runs to opposite field um, barrels um, was went from 72% to 43%. So um, the distance was still on money, 378, 372. Uh, the exit below was great. It's just, um, I don't know. Yeah, only 36% uh, of his barrels uh, went for homers. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think what, one of the things you were talking about on your auction pod, at least uh, Brody was, was, um, you know, that barrel rate, you know, what do you say, 80% of home runs are a result of barrels or something like that or should expect around 60% of your barrels to go for homers. So yep. it's obviously pretty low for um, Mount Castle. I think the new dimensions have a lot to do with it, but he's, you know, he's coming into his, his prime years and, you know, potentially a few more of those go over the fence next year. What's crazy is that, that on his, um, his pull home runs to fly ball percentage, um, last year, the total league average in 2019 was 45, then 2020 was 42, and 2021 it was 40. Last year it was 37% for a pull home run to fly ball percentage. And he was at 34 and a half, was pretty good, uh, right below league average. But the league average for ex- exit velo on pull home runs to fly ball is 104, and he was at 108.4. And so he's definitely smashing the ball when he pulls it. 
Um, I don't, maybe he just takes the approach of like, Hey, you know, I'm just going to pull it more. Um, and, and just not worry about it. Like maybe he just has enough power that he can, that it doesn't bother him. You know, I don't know. I don't know if that's a, uh, a strategy that I'll take, but yeah, he's one of those guys too, that, that typically like he, he hits all type pitch types well too. Like he doesn't like struggle horribly against any pitch type. Like some guys like can't hit breaking balls. Some guys struggle with off speed. He's pretty good against all like, like last year he was actually the worst against fastballs. He only hit 240 against fastballs, but you know, previous two years, 280, 356 against fastballs. Um, and he's been above 260 on the breaking and off speed last year too. So I just think there's there's just a lot to like about Mount Castle. I just I shouldn't have even brought him up because I don't want anyone to take him in my <laughs> in my drafts because I want him. So uh, yeah, yeah. But you're right. He 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 handles some you know the pitches well, and um, I mean he's not uh, you know he's platoonish. See versus yeah. righties last year is uh, 455 plate appearances, 7741 OPS. Um, fifteen percent barreled and nine percent blast percentage, and hard hit rate of forty seven percent versus righties. So, um, yeah, he shouldn't be going anywhere. But I guess on his days off, I'm just wondering who's gonna float over there to play, play some first base. You know, um, yeah. I think on, in terms of what I want to see happen is I do want to see Kyle Stowers get some more at bats. Um, right now he's projected for three hundred and thirty six plate appearances by Steamer, thirteen home runs. Um, 113 WRC plus, uh, you know, I like, I like him. I've been taking some stabs with him and some late draft champions. And, um, I'm hoping that, uh, he gets some, some run at, I thought the Adam Frazier signing probably hurt him the most, I guess, because, you know, to have another lefty bat to float in the outfield and, um, you know, to take some time away from him, if he was going to get some outfield slash DH spots um but um you know right now he's uh see on on the fan graph depth charts they have him allocated for um roughly 150 plate appearances in the outfield and then um 210 coming from dh so hope we can find some more time you know uh, to get him in the lineup, I think he's going to be a sneaky good bat this year. Yeah, I have. I haven't. Um, I didn't. Haven't known much about him, but the more I've looked into him, I I, I want to get a couple couple shares for sure. Like especially in like DCs where it's much deeper. Yeah, yeah, and you know, when you're looking for some outfielders, maybe you know he's the kind of guy. I think you know he's facing he's facing some righties um, on the weekend. You know, and he's at home. He's he's a good shot to you know plug in and um, he didn't get many chances versus lefties at all really he got four plate appearances versus lefties last year, but one homer. Come on guys, get him in. You know uh, he could get it. He can hit. He can hit anything. Um, but um, yeah, not so that great in the in the strikeout rate or or, or risky. Or, yeah, a little risky there. Yeah, absolutely. But absolutely, that's definitely something to. Uh, to keep an eye on for sure. Um, what, so what's your thoughts on Jorge? 
Mateo because right now he's clearly what Steamer thinks is is going to be the biggest loss. Um, I guess because I guess they're they're saying that Gunner's just going to play all year at shortstop, and um, from what I've read, you know, and uh, what the Baltimore GM and the coach are saying is that Urias is kind of like their ultimate utility guy. So I don't know if that's yeah. You know, to me, I read that as, you know, Gunner was kind of going to stay at third and Urias would be the guy to float around second, third and short. Um, but. Yeah. Which. It makes sense, makes a little bit more sense to me, right? Like, you know, like. Potentially Urias could be that guy who fills in at first on Mount Castle's day off days off. You know, he, he's mostly been a third base, second base guy, I think, throughout his career, but. I think um, one of the quotes was he'd be comfortable uh, going over to first base. So maybe he's the beneficiary there, but um, yeah, I think with the staples, like really Richmond, Henderson, Santander, Mountcastle, and then everyone else kind of floats. Maybe, you know, Mullins probably gets, you know, 75% of the playing time, half of the starts against all the righties, half against lefties. And then those remaining couple spots between Frazier, Hayes, Stowers, Urias, like that bottom of the order just kind of fluctuates and, and Mateo could be, you know, part of that mix, um, you know, strong defensively, real, really struggles to get on base. I mean, that's, you kind of just weigh that out. Right. So maybe he plays every game, like just, you know, later innings, he comes on just for his defensive prowess, but. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, the the Frazier signings just was just kind of weird, honestly. Not, like now that I'm looking back on it, it's just it's just weird. And I know I know like um, they said like he'd have the opportunity to like play every day between second base and the corner outfielders, and that just doesn't make sense to me. A guy coming off a year where his OPS was I think it was below 600 or close to it. So yeah, it was 612. Uh, yeah, so. I don't know about that. Yeah. At that point, just start Mateo, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I just think defensively, um, Mateo's obviously was really good last year. And, um, you know, Gunner, obviously, I think he's good enough to play anywhere. But I thought defensively, um, and just even with the impact that Mateo could have on the bags, again, even, even more this year with the stolen base stuff probably yeah. increasing. Um, yeah, Frazier... Definitely had a terrible OPS last year. Um, big drop from 2021, where it was 779, you know. He had the one, so he's got the two years. He's got the strike shortened year, and last year was his, you know, 661 OPS and 612. But every other season, besides that, he was, you know, well, well above 740. So um, Yeah, Steamer's got him projected for 693 OPS. Yeah. But I think from, like, a projection standpoint, um, at least from from Steamer, I think maybe Frazier's a little high. Some of the, he seeds some of that to to Mateo. Yeah, yeah, because I think he's... everyone else is pretty pretty solid though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, maybe Mullins seeds some of his projection to Mateo too. But uh... yeah, I think Frazier is definitely going to be kind of like almost Odor of last year, where he just. He plays against the righties and he sets versus lefties most of the time, you know, because yeah. um, he's even worse versus lefties last year, uh, Frazier. So, 
Um, I think that's kind of the route that that'll take next year. Yep. Um, do you have any um, inclination of whether you think um, there any of their other prospects will make a big impact this year? I don't know how deep you're into the into the prospect stuff, but you know the Jordan Westbergs, um, the Joey Ortiz, the Connor Norbys, or Colton Cowser. You know, to, to have some big, big, big impact bats in AAA, just ready to come up and um, do some damage. Are you expecting any of them to do that? Um, possibly. Yeah. Um... It's tough because they have like a lot of solid dudes, right? And they're yeah, you know, we just talked about the playing time. Like, I guess, I guess between like Frazier, Urias, Stowers, like those guys aren't like we don't know how those aren't like studs, right? So if one of these guys like Norby, Kauser, Ortiz, Westberg, like really kind of stands out, has a nice spring, you know, really strong in the minors to start the year, maybe they come up, but um, yeah, I don't know too much about the prospects. Um, I did get some of their their baseball cards when I I, I picked up some Bowman Platinum recently from Walmart. Mm. Got some Connor Norby. Uh, got some Norby. Nice. nice. I love a little Norby. Got the Jordan Platinum patch two of five from a from a blaster, which was a nice surprise. Probably my biggest hit ever. Um, yeah, that was a beautiful looking card too. Really, really pumped yeah. about that. But uh, yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's. Uh, what are your thoughts on the prospects? I think that they'll probably handle them almost like they did Gunner last year, mostly for that like second, um, you know, end of the season kind of push. Um, yeah, I think Westberg probably has the best chance to come up earlier and make a bigger impact, as he really was effective on multiple levels last year, and. Um, just I seems think. like there's more opportunity in the infield too. Yeah, yeah, right. Pretty right. solid outfield between like Mullen and Santander. Right. If they, if they, if they feel like, um, you know, Mateo can be moved too. You know, if he's or if he's the kind of guy that, uh, you know, another team needs a good defensive shortstop, um, with some speed. You know, he they could probably trade him for something. You know, um, yeah. wouldn't be a big haul back but um you know it, it could be a useful move because they do have i guess a joey ortiz at the shortstop you know and and westberg and play a couple different positions so it's um it could be interesting but they do have the depth there and they do have a great system so but you know what <laughs> we're expecting all those guys but we know Terran bavra is going to come in and be the guy that grabs up all those plate appearances you know the, yeah, exactly. The the just the empty batting average, Vavra. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, Joey Ortiz is somebody I picked up late in DC's. Um, uh, James Anderson's talked about him in a few of his articles on RotoWire.com. So um, I have speculated late on him. Um, mm -hmm. So, but uh, yeah, it's tough to tough to say. I think I think I think. Uh, the approach of how they handled Gunner last year is is probably likely um, with some of these guys. So, yeah. Um. All right. Anything you want? Anything else you want to hit on with? I guess um, 
the bat? You want to take a peek at the pitching? Or do you want to make a bold prediction for the Orioles? I'm gonna. So first, I will mention one thing. Felix Bautista, stud, love him this year. Mm-hmm. Probably, I haven't done my save projections yet because I'm gonna do my own uh, save projections for each uh, closer. And I, when I do my initial closer rankings for 2023, probably have Bautista right around 30. Um, but really like, really like him in drafts. Um, be. I'd be really confident with him as, as my closer one. Um, my bold prediction for this team is pretty, pretty interesting. Um, Tyler Wells. Okay. Emerges as Baltimore's ace Whoa. and finishes as a top 50 starter in 2023. Now, right. a couple things with Wells. Okay. okay. Um, just dealt with shoulder issues a couple of years in a row, had an oblique issue last year. So there's, there's some injury risk. There's also some risk uh, with his role. Um, you know, he's projected as our number four starter roster resource right now, but um, you know, Grayson Rodriguez, DL hall um, probably going to be in the rotation at some point this year, John means coming back from Tommy John. Um so there's some there's some risk with this bold prediction, but but bold predictions are supposed to be bold, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. So let's focus on the positives with Wells because I just mentioned all the reasons why you shouldn't draft him. Uh, <laughs> uh, 106 whip for his career, pretty solid. Um, he did have a stretch from May through early July last year, where in 12 starts he went seven and two, with a 2.59 ERA, 0.93 whip while walking under two batters per nine innings. So just a solid, you know, not a huge sample, but a solid, really good stretch. Um, and then I think right after that, he, he had the shoulder issues, his performance suffered a bit, um, you know, and then the second half he didn't, he didn't pitch as much, but uh, uh, on a team where there's not many ACE like uh, pitchers, you know, maybe Grayson Rodriguez is that guy. Maybe Means is that guy if he's healthy. Um, I think uh, Wells has a has a decent shot to to be that be that person for them. Good call. I mean, I like it. I like the boldness of it for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, like you said, that's the way it's supposed to be. Um, yeah. I like the way he started the season. Um, especially, you know, he was a he was the kind of guy too that I had put in my notes because he was uh really popular and uh, highly ranked on Eno's uh stuff plus and pitching plus um Eno Saris's model um so you know I had that as um something that you know to work for a basis because in the beginning of the year you know I think like you're you're looking for those things that kind of pop off and even though he wasn't really pitching well to start the season he you know um first three starts were pretty risky but the numbers showed that you know he, he was still pretty pretty good pitcher stuff wise so I kept him around my team um I just wish he like it, it came to a point I think and toward the end of the season where he just wasn't after his injury he just wasn't like getting the length that you'd expect and he was getting banged around but he started the season pretty good and I definitely like what he could bring. I, I don't think it'll take much for him to beat out like Dean Kramer to stay in the rotation you know I think yeah. that um with Hall and Rodriguez, I think they'll find their ways, you know, through the Dean Kramers and um 
you know, Hall Hall is interesting because he definitely has he's got what it takes, you know. He's and he has the the difference from him and to the rest of the team is he just has that nasty stuff and that strikeout, you know, like that strikeout opportunity that the other pitchers really don't have. And they're you know, I think a lot of times when I talk about rotation, to talk about one guy to like break it up or one guy is different. If you have four hard throwers, just maybe throw like a different kind of arm in there. And he's definitely that different kind of arm, you know. I think he showed us in the relief roles what he could do. Um, but yeah, he know. could he kind of I think he'll he has the the chance to kind of take that like Robbie Ray trajectory where like if he figures out his command, like he could be really, really good. Like the command is the big issue with, with DL Hall. He had one of the worst, you know, walk percentages in the, in triple a last year. Um, and I think when Robbie Ray started his career, it was, you know, it was a lot of walks, uh, a lot of tons of K's, but a bunch of walks. Right. Um, and then he kind of figured that out the past couple of years. So, um, but you know, when he was with the D-backs, I mean, it was still a, a 200K pitcher, you know, in a full season of work. So, you know, he gets to that point eventually. Maybe not this year. Uh, yeah, yeah. 20, 130 innings maybe for Hall. Uh, maybe, I don't know. But that could come with 50, 60 walks, you know. So it's definitely a whip liability. A whip liability for sure. Whip. Yeah, whip. Um yeah, but he, you know, he has he has some really standout pitches. Like his his four seamer has um, above average swinging strike. He just doesn't put it in the zone enough. I think that seems like to be where his wildness comes from. But the slider has a twenty point seven percent swinging strike rate, well above league average. The changeup has an eighteen percent swinging strike rate. You know, three percent above league average so he, he he's got some filthy pitches um i think he's definitely a wild card i think he's the kind of wild card right now in that can be had in draft champions even if he just is a reliever or two or three inning guy he can be a guy to plug in and i think he's the perfect kind of fab guy right like early fab leagues maybe you know because yeah that's a, you that's can, a good point. You know, you could take a chance on him right now when really he's like a 30th round pick in an online championship or something or um, a 15 team satellite and just come to the, you know, spring training. If he gets a shot to run with it, you know, with the fifth bot, maybe Grayson doesn't start immediately, you know, with the team and Hall just proved that he, he could stay in there. Uh, it's a good shot instead of battling him on fab, you know, if he really does blow up. So I just got sniped on Tyler Wells in round forty of my my draft champions league. Oh, Someone's God. listening to this. Who's got so, the who's in who's in the room with us? Who's who's in your who's in your league? <laughs> yeah. Coleman, whoever you are, Coleman. Oh man. If you that's uh, Cody Hoyer it is instead. Cody Hoyer, nice. Okay. Wow. Round 40, huh? Ooh, yeah. pushing the envelope there. Getting your yeah. guy. Get it. Go out and get your guy. Get my guy. It doesn't matter at this point. Yeah. It's a 15 team. Is it a draft champion? Yeah, draft champion. All right. All right. Um, speaking of the 15 team draft champions, uh, so Batista's filthy. We all know that he's not going to be messed with and, you know, uh, in any type of high leverage role. He's going to be the guy. Um, 
I've got some taken some stabs at Dylan Tate. I've taken some stabs at Brian Baker really, really late in draft and hold. Um, and, you know, Michael Given just comes along and he really just makes me think like, man, is he going to be the guy now that gets any ancillary <laughs> saves, you know? Uh, I thought the same thing, yeah. You yeah. know, like I don't want it to be. I watched him on the Mech last year. He's not great, but he's not terrible. He had, yeah. he had very um, interesting antics on the mound, almost like he shows a lot of emotion. Let's just put it that way. And there's, sometimes he just looked like he looked last year like he didn't want to be on the team. But very yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how to take that, but um, I don't know. Maybe he just really liked Colorado. Back to Baltimore, where he spent the first five and a half years of his career. So and he was, you know, had some of his best years with, with Baltimore. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I I thought the same thing when I saw that he uh he signed there. I was like, God damn it! <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's not super great or nothing. You know, he's one thirty two whip or higher past two years. So, but you know, before that, he was pretty pretty decent. Got a lot of volume. So maybe the being back in Baltimore will help his home run rate, which hasn't been that great. So, yeah, All right. I'll probably take a shot on Gibbons, just one, because I was on the I was doing Dylan Tate too. Brian Baker's an interesting one. I like that. I like that spec. Yeah, I really like his stuff. I like his presence on the mound too. I watched a couple of his innings, and he just seems like he really likes to be up there. Um, yeah. You know, when the game is on the line. Um, so, my bold prediction is that Anthony Santander will lead the AL in home runs. Uh, yes he's my guy there's nothing about him that i mean you really can't dismiss the day he, he did everything better last year than the year prior you know yeah and um if you know people will point out the health thing for the last couple of seasons you know last year he really got a chance to stay um, you gonna break the the al home run record that judge set last year mm. <laughs> No, I don't think so. He's not going to get the special ball <laughs> that Judge did. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> no one wants to see Anthony Sandander uh, have 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 Goldilocks balls, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going with him. That's my bold prediction. Um, I think he's getting better, and I think he's got some untapped, untapped power there. Yeah, he he really crushed lefties last year. I was looking at your your list you put together against left-handers. Uh, 913 OPS, uh, 11 of his 33 homers came against lefties. 291 average, or 293 average. So, yeah, switch hitter. I mean, yeah, switch hitter that doesn't need to stop one side and doesn't need to really get platooned, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's more. I think typically with a lot of the switch hitters, like um you'll see that better average too as as a righty bat you know um right i remember that you know specifically like watching Carlos beltran a lot um you know in the match he just had this batted absurd from the right hand side and this power you know from i mean he had power from both sides but he was such a better average hitter from the right side you know um yeah, and he's really like where he's going in in drafts. Like he's really like the the home run target from where he's going. Like, like he's going in like the Jake McCarthy, Christian Yelich, Seiya Suzuki, 
you know, Andrew Vaughn, Ian Happ. I think the only other ones for, for power in that range are Buxton and, and O'Neill who have huge health concerns. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I really, really like Santander. Uh, yeah, a lot. Yep, me too. I like that bold prediction. Good call Boom. on that one. Yeah. Yeah, that would have enjoyed. All right, so this is the Orioles podcast. We've already, where are we at? Like an hour in already? I know, <laughs> I know, I know. We'll probably, maybe have to do half of the AL. Uh, yeah, half of the AL. <laughs> yeah, or should we just do Two one teams. team at a time? Oh, my God. Yeah. Jesus. You want to do one more team? Get us together, and it's just, yeah, <laughs> go three hours, yeah. Let's do one more team, and then we'll, we'll Let's keep... do another one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll go, Um, let's go to the Yankees. Let's talk about the Yankees because for Boston, maybe maybe I can get um maybe I can give Jason Dupont a call. Maybe he'll come on and uh give us some of his Boston juice uh that yeah. he's got out there. Uh, but let's head to the oh, New York Yankees. Um, so interesting projected lineup that is on uh, roster resource. Um, so and you know what I I would say I know there's a lot of people out there who. <laughs> like to bash uh jason and what he does with Boston resource they don't agree with him like he puts in a lot of work and you know what if you don't agree with it you don't have to say bad things about him um that's for sure uh but also too like i use as i use another source a lot um i use pro baseball radar um it's a very very beautiful website um that has a google doc that has all the organizations on one sheet um, in a nice vertical row. So you can see kind of left to right, major league, triple A, double A. So if you don't agree with one thing, there's other things out there to try to, you know, look at and um, kind of, you know, get your, you know, it's always good to look at other people's opinions and, um, the gentleman who runs pro baseball radar is a really good guy. He's quiet. He probably should have a lot more followers than he does, uh, at this point. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say that, just throw it out there that if you don't agree with what's going on with roster resource, just look around and just don't, don't, you, you don't have to bash it. That's for sure. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at this pro baseball radar right now. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. Um, are you on the main page right now? I am on um, the MLB radar section. Okay, yeah. So you click that, and then it took you to the um, full screen yeah. version. Yeah, yeah. So if anyone goes to the site, it's probaseballradar.com, and then they can go to um, – you could. there's a little button on the bottom. Well, uh, as soon as you get past the header that says full screen – MLB radar and um, it'll bring you to a Google sheet that has everything laid out for you. He's got the trade market too. He's got, um, like I said, the, the team, the team report is, is there's a lot of color in it. So you have to understand a little bit of the color scheme and what he's trying to show on the page, but it's really cool. Um, I just like it because like I said, the organizations from left to right, you could just get a quick glimpse of, you know, you see catcher across the board, you know, you see catchers at the top and, you know, he don't have, he doesn't really have a, he doesn't have a lineup thing, but you can, you know, I like the look of looking straight across, you see catchers, you see catcher at the minor league level and you keep going across the first baseman. Okay. Who, 
you know, if you say, okay, um, I have a question about the first baseman in the major league, who do they got behind them? You know, and it's easy to look at. Yeah, it's um, especially for minor league, it's it's cool because they got the the triple A, double A, high A, low A. Yep, like all yep. across. So that's that's really neat. Yeah, and he has like the minor league um performance um like color coded. So you you know like quickly you get to see um you know like Anthony Volpe has a WRC plus in his range and you know it's um it, it's pretty nice. It's a it's, like I said, it's I think it's underused. It, um, hope other people. I think I've mentioned it before, and I know a couple of people are like, "Oh, wow, that's a that's a nice, you know, that's a good look, you know." So, hope he hopefully he can get some more uh, drives to and more followers on. Not that followers are the thing that you need in life, but um, hopefully get some more recognition. And, um, so, yeah, all right, over I, to. I wasn't aware of this. This is so. Thanks for sharing it. Yeah, it's nice, right? Oh, sorry. Another I thought I mentioned tool it to in the box. Before. Yeah, uh, exactly. Another tool in the box. Another person who looks at, you know, he's con. I mean, just by the just by the sheet, you could tell how much he's doing. <laughs> you know, he's putting the work in. So, it's it's just good to have other eyes on. You know, some uh, playing time things that you could look at. So, um. All right, yeah. the good old Chankies here, the New York Yankees. Um, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you look at, I guess, their projected lineup and their projected plate appearances? Yeah, it's really interesting. Like like you said, the lineup's interesting. Uh, <clears throat> you know, LeMahieu pro- projected bench player, which maybe deserved, maybe maybe not. I don't know. Um, just seems like there's uh, putting a lot of faith in some of their younger players. Um and and the leadoff spot will be interesting uh, for me in particular. Um, I know they have uh, roster resources. Glaber Torres projected to lead off. They're in Judge hitting second. Uh, Rizzo third. Stanton Donaldson. Uh, I know uh, Harrison Bader was leading off in the playoffs a few times. Uh, could be an option there. So yeah, it's. Uh, and then you have a couple of young guys, Oswald Peraza, Anthony Volpe, um, you know, who are might might contribute pretty significantly at the big league level this year. So it'll be interesting to see how they distribute that playing time. Um, and particularly left field as well. Like who's gonna is it gonna be Oswaldo Cabrera? You know, do they go with Esteban Florial? Where does Aaron Hicks fit in the equation? So yeah, so it's a lot. It is a, a lot, lot behind Judge and Rizzo. <laughs> no, really, uh, yeah, um, kind of a mess. Yeah, I really think Glaber is a like a rock too. He's been he's been really solid. Um, yeah, but yeah, they there's, I think I think as Waldo Cabrera did did enough in his brief time to you know for him to get a run. Um, at some decent yeah, playing time, you know, he, he he seems to have some decent power, decent speed, and he plays the field really well. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know what else they would expect someone else to do out there and left, you know. Um, yeah, he was pretty pretty versatile too, like in the yeah. in the minors, like he could play pretty much the three infield positions, and he spent most of the time in with the Yankees in the outfield, even though. Most of the time, the minors was at second, third, and short. So, yeah, it it'll be interesting to see where he kind of fits in. And I agree. I I thought 
he was actually, I think, in my first draft champions and the one we did in August. I think I think I took him like way ahead of where he's going right now, just because I I think as a fourth or fifth outfielder, just because I thought I liked what I saw and um yeah, uh, pretty solid option. It's you know hit lefties pretty well last year, two eighty six average. Um, you know, probably not a leadoff guy or anything, but uh, he had a nice run at the end of the year. Um, where you know, he's pretty much getting getting on base every game, you know, over that last two week stretch. Um, a couple four homers over his last 15 games, 364 OBP, 964 OPS, so didn't strike out too much. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, what are your thoughts on the infield? I, I think that, um, obviously the biggest thing right now is DJ LeMayhew lingering about whether or not he will need surgery um, on his foot. I think that's still up in the air. They haven't really decided. Uh, I think they're trying to rest in relaxation. And I believe that if it comes to a point where he does need surgery, he's going to get it and they'll be out for the season, you know? So picking him now in draft champions, is is definitely risky. Um, You'll get that versatility. Obviously it plays multiple positions and, I think that there's still, I think there's still good in his bat. I think there's still enough of a hit tool and um, to give you like an effective bat, you know, that could hop around. And, um, but yeah, I mean, if he's not available, you know, I think, I think it just makes for them to, you know, you got to, in general too, I think they just got to roll with their young kids. You know, I think they got to give these guys a shot. Other teams are doing it. You know, they just have to give, Cabrera, Peraza, and eventually Volpe that sometime, you know, they got to, um, yeah, their time like right now. Are, are doing that. Yeah. With a lot of their young guys right now. Yeah. I think I agree. Um, who do you think between, cause I see these guys go around the same, um, area in, in draft champions. Who, who do you prefer out of, uh, if you had to pick one, I don't know, even know if you're targeting any of these guys, but, between Volpe and uh, um, Peraza, and I think Volpe's got the higher upside, but I see often see Peraza going first out of those two. Do you have a preference or? Um, if I had a preference, I'd probably pick Volpe. Um, yeah. I do think that if he gets off to a hot start in AAA, that he's going to come up, um, and be given a shot, but. And, you know, I have a good friend named Volpe, too, so I guess I'm rooting for that. <laughs> um, but Peraza, um, you know, he's good, good prospect in his own right, you know. So um, I think. Obviously- yeah, I often felt like that should have been like their ADP should be flipped possibly. But I'm like, yeah. I'm not a prospect expert. I don't I'm not. But. I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. Both have a lot of speed, so I mean, yeah, but both got you know seems to be pretty good hit tools. They don't strike out much. You know, they got some pop and they got some speed. So I think ideally too, like you want to get both of these guys in and and get some run for them. You know, um, I think my last draft champions, um, somebody uh, took them back to back. Um, actually, I was waiting on shortstop in that league too, and somebody took them in back to back, Peraza and Volpe in back to back rounds. 
So mm. like I like I was looking at like both of them and and gotten none of them, neither of them, because he was like on that wheel side where he got two picks before my next one. So mm. bummer, but uh yeah, I think they're tough picks right now in draft champions. I just feel like just because you don't know, you know. Um yeah. But just just in general, like too, um, you know, I have a I really like to follow the prospects live guys too, because um, you know, I, I really love looking at every different prospect rankers ranks per se. Um, you know, especially James, uh Michael Richards, uh you know, they, they, there's good quality stuff out there. What Prospect Live has that I like it. They have, you know, like actual data, like StackCast data. And um, so if you have a subscription to that, it's great. It's a, it's like the data-driven prospect tool. And, you know, they have, um, you know, things like they, they put stuff on a 20 to 80 scale. I think of Dylan White, when he was on my pod talking about it. And you get to see, you know, um what scale they are in 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 Woba and 90th percentile exit velocity and uh you know zone contact stuff like that chase rate so um I think it's a powerful tool and Peraza and Volpe are very very close in pretty much everything they have listed here the one big difference is um it looks like Volpe's a little better of contact in the zone and um that Peraza hits the ball a little bit harder, 90th percentile EV. But so, um, and chase rate exactly the same. So um, I think the Yankees would be good to get them both a ton of playing time. You know, maybe, I don't know, but they have a, you know, they have a lot here. They have a lot. And I just, I hope personally that Glaber doesn't lose like a lot of playing time because of them, because I think that he's just, too solid and been too much of a staple in that lineup for them to really mess with him. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. Yeah, I think Labor's like a he, he right now. Like in my at least in my SGP with the projections I have in there, he's 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 a pretty good value, you know. So, um, again, but obviously if the plate appearances lessen from what I have, it's um you know he'll lose he'll lose a little bit, but um. What's your thoughts on Josh Donaldson? I really, I don't know. I don't, I don't like Donaldson like at all. Um, but I think where he's going right now in, in draft champions is, is a solid like third, third baseman, you know, that you can plug in if you get injuries. Um, Cause he's going to get the playing time. So um, unless one of these young kids like really, just proves that they're just way better, um, which I don't know. We'll see. We'll see that or not. But uh, yeah, um, I've gotten some Donaldson in those deeper draft and hold leagues. Um, I don't love it. I'm, I'm not expecting, you know, 20 home run power again or 30 home run power. But uh, yeah, he's, he's a decent uh, backup corner infielder in those leagues. Yeah. Yeah, I was just listening to um, Bubba and Toby's, you know, third base rundown, and you know they were talking about that too. And Bubba, when I was on his podcast, talking about Josh Donaldson as well, and um, they were just mentioning how, uh, you know, he had the he got hit on the hand, you know, um, and he had another injury, and that it's just 
kind of maybe um you know sapped his overall hitting skills for the second half of the season um but I agree like where he's going right now in draft champions it's almost a really really good pick you know um yeah. he and he can fall like really really late like I've seen him going like round 35 in one in one of my draft champions leagues and I was like yeah that's pretty good value for what you're an everyday player at that point right yeah um, yeah so you know yeah am I in love with the guy no but I think he's a great value where he's going yep I I, I tend to agree I I think that he has some positive aggression coming his way. I think. I think. I still think that there's there's good stuff in his profile. Still, obviously, he doesn't hit the ball as hard, and he's not as good as he was. But I still feel like he could be effective um, as long as he's on the field, which he, you know, he's been pretty decent with. Um, yeah. Maybe because he made the like, switch to this... veganism. Yeah. Yeah. I was just looking at this lineup. Like, can you imagine if like Judge and Rizzo didn't resign here? Like, I'm sure they would have targeted some some other guys, but like this lineup could have been like really questionable. Really questionable. Yeah. Really, really I know. Bad. I was talking to a lot of Yankee fans about the like the business side of it. And it was like, I don't understand. You can get this guy to be 40 years old, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, if you don't sign him, right, you lose so many fans. You lose yeah. seats because they and, and that was the other thing. Oh, now the seats are gonna go up. Like if they didn't sign him, there'd be nobody in the seats. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like it, it would have been a big, big decline in overall business. It was they had to do that. You know, they had to keep him around for sure. I don't feel like Yeah. I'm sure they would have pivoted uh maybe Korea or somebody. But uh, yeah, that would have been pretty rough because uh, it does like outside of those guys it like doesn't look exciting because i mean you have stanton and donaldson hitting four five i mean those guys aren't like super sexy right i mean I know, stanton really struggled against lefties too i noticed that on your sheet he, he hit under 200 against them last year so yeah pretty surprising he's off he's yeah um just in general, too, after the after the All Star break, you know, he batted one fifty one, um, Stanton yeah. with a five eighty two OPS. His barrel rate was great, thirty two point two percent, but struck out thirty eight percent of the time. Um, that's yeah. It looked pretty... like down the stretch, he was even he was even sitting against lefties. Um, only made two starts against lefties over the final month, and uh, six fifty two OPS against lefties last year after 886 OPS uh, 2021. So wonder what happened there. Very interesting. And obviously, you know, I don't think anyone hits like, um, he just doesn't have to like the loft, enough loft. You know, most of his shots are just missiles that are like low to the yeah. ground and they just rise out of the stadium, you know? And like even looking at some of the, the uh, swing path data on swinggraphs.com and he he doesn't have a great vertical bat angle like he he gets his power because he's so strong and he just hits the ball so hard but like he's not lifting enough you know in general i think to put the ball out even more you know i don't know it's it's it's, it's kind of interesting he has, he's an interesting batter i think that 
I have no desire to pick him this year. Stanton. I just I feel like past him. Yeah. I think I have one share, but yeah, every time I see him, like in, I always put him in my queue and then like I always pass on him for someone else. Yeah. So I think I mean, part I of it is just the the health risk. Um that's just you know, plagued him for the last, you know, for most of his career. But uh, yeah. Yep. Um, rotation looks pretty stacked, though. The rotation's nice. The rotation's nice, and I guess that's that 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 that's gonna be there. Um, I know, and and too because Rodon, uh, and Montas, you know, they're they're gonna get them run, you know, because they weren't on the Yankees last year. Right? Montas was a little bit, but um, one of the interesting things I saw in the um in the process was how much the Yankees or the NL East, uh, the AL East in general um, benefited from playing the weakest divisions in the AL central and the NL central. So it's pretty great chart there. They actually had the AL East had the highest percentage of non-division wins out of all the other divisions. And they really did beat up on both centrals. So you know, we talked about always targeting the central arms, you know, for because they'd have an easier run through or the Yankees and all the other teams in the AL East who did have an easier time with um, weaker opponents. Now we're going to have harder times, you know, um, because it'll be more dispersed. So I think it's interesting. I just read that this morning and I, <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Uh, like I still love Garrett Cole. I still have him as my SP one, and I've taken him in the second round of a couple of drafts. But you know, and then obviously, you know, our good friend Toby likes to point out that he he was affected by the goalie locks ball. Judge Judge got the push, but Cole got affected by it. <laughs> and um, but in, that he may have had some easier oppositions is also uh, pretty eye opening. So. Um, my, my, my biggest guy that I don't know how to evaluate in the staff is Nestor Cortez. Haven't drafted him at all. I don't, I don't know what to think of him. Like, I guess because I watch it a lot and I was like, how does this work? You know? Yeah. I don't know. Do you feel like, do you have any opinion on Nestor? I mean, just from a, like a, a baseball perspective as like, if he's like their fourth starter, that's like, seems to be really good. <laughs> like yeah. Fourth starter. Yeah. But from a fantasy perspective, um, it's, it's, it's an interesting range where he's going. Um, he's you know, kind of he... at like that. He's kind of like, you know, right after the friend Ember last now Kirby Gilbert McKenzie types, like he's kind of, one of the first to go after those, after that tier, like round like eight, nine in a 15 teamer. Um, and when you compare him against some of these guys, he, he's a little appealing, but like, I don't know how many innings he's going to pitch. Um, I think that's kind of tough. Um, and I don't I know, he, 158 in the third last year. I mean, seems like probably a safe projection for his innings, but. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh last couple of years have been have been pretty solid though. I mean been really solid. Whip, ERA under three. Um 
I mean, he's got like those, a couple of those like standout performances where, you know, he'll strike out 11, 12 in a game. He had a handful of those last year. Um, but it was weird because like I was watching him in the playoffs um, against the Guardians and it seemed like he was, he was performed, like his performance was good, but like he seemed like he was laboring. So yeah. I wonder if he's like kind of one of those, you know, there's some, things to to worry about there but uh, yeah because i'm not opposed to drafting him i think i have drafted him but i i don't it's not like i'm he's like a huge target of mine either right yeah no i just just always hard to to gauge like um someone who doesn't throw hard but he's really effective you know um average 91 eight on his fastball but his swinging strike was you know three percent above the league average for the fastball, for the four-seamer. Um, does give up a good amount of homers on his fastball. I think that's where he gets into some trouble. But I think the low, like the sidearm, the low slot, whatever, I like the pitching term for it is, is, I guess, where he gets that deception and where he, you know, makes makes up for not having gas or, you know, yeah, I know. the timing, just... the different arm angles, like that's where I think he is impactful on hitters. Yeah. Um he's got a pretty um got like five pitches too. Um yeah. yep, definitely all does. of them had solid whiff rates. Yeah, so yeah, yeah he's, interesting. he's definitely pretty pretty interesting. Yeah. I um yeah, I, I just I don't know. Cortez just or shot, Kyle Wright. I, I've shot away with that. Cortez or Kyle Wright. Uh I have I think I have a Kyle Wright um on my team. So <laughs> um <Kyle> but, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I've I don't know. I've done like that was an early draft and I think I think it may have been a gladiator. Um but I've done some more digging on right, and I don't know. I think I've changed my opinion on him. I, I like the – I think he's going to be an innings eater on a good team, which helps. But I do think that um, him having, like, an extremely good curveball, like, as the the main feature is, is something I'm a little wary of, I guess. Um, yeah. Cortez – He's one of those guys – He's one of those Cortez is one of those guys where like if you look at the the guys going a couple of rounds later, like I could see like like Jordan Montgomery, Chris Bassett, you know, um Lance Lynn. Like I can see like very similar outputs from those guys. And Cortez is going several rounds earlier, you know. So when you can when you think of it that way, it's like I'd probably pass on him. Yeah. I think I I think that's the I think that's the main reason why I I I haven't really drafted him. I kind of an area where um I think I have like uh you know the Musgroves, the Darvishes, um Framber, T Mac, Glasnow kind of guys, and then um not looking at pitchers for like another couple of rounds. It's kind of where I tend to go back into offense on my teams and yep. then 
hop back. Yeah, in there's like a lot said. of bats yeah. there that I really yeah. like. Yeah, that's. Yep. I was just gonna say that. Like I like rounds like three to seven. I'm pretty heavy on pitching, and then I like right where Cortez is going is where I go back into the hitting too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Franco, Pascantino, Brian Reynolds, Stephen Kwan, Bogarts, a lot of Abreu, a lot of Jake McCarthy, a lot of those guys. You know, those are the types of hitters going where in range where uh, Cortez is going. Yeah, I agree. It's all about the flow and all about how you take your path to. And even, you know, it's it's just the way it works out sometimes. You could just be out on a player, not because of his skills, but because of where he is in the draft, you know, um, and, and it doesn't have to be undervalued or overvalued. It could just be like, because of the pockets of other things around him, you know, um, it's just about all the players like we pass on, not, not just because we don't like them. It's just, we don't, we, we had a different draft plan and their ADP just didn't fit with our draft plan. Absolutely. I think that's what, that's roster construction, you know, that's, that's knowing that that's knowing, uh, where you want to go and you know yeah. but i do like their i mean their bullpen is pretty stacked too especially now with herman and clark schmidt like kind of as their swing guys and they're yeah. um they're you know ready to come in to start um i think that's yeah. i think they're pretty impressive with that um and then just even the bullpen in general uh i'll never give up on lou trevino you know i have a soft spot for lou and well, he um, was really good when he came over to the Yankees. I mean, he, he really was, was. He was great. And then Michael yeah. King, don't forget about him. Like he, I know you were big on him. Um, he was a stud in the first half. Like unbelievable. People don't realize like how good he was. Yeah, just because you know we just remember the recency of him getting hurt and missing the second half. He was really, really good. Um, the Yankees really relied on him heavily. So, yeah, bullpen's great. Uh, added Tommy Canley. Um. Yeah, it could be a a really could have one of the better bullpens in the league. For sure. Um, you think Holmes locks it down and keeps the job all year? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think he'll probably get seventy five percent, maybe seventy percent, seventy seventy five percent of the saves. Um. Yeah. You know, we've seen Wendy Peralta get like a handful the past couple of years. Lois Sega pitched a lot better down the stretch. Um, Trevino's got the closing experience. Uh, Greg Wieserts was pretty solid in his rookie, his, his call up last year. So they've got definitely got some options, but I think Holmes is far and away the, the best one um, talent wise. Yeah, so, yeah definitely I agree with that. I think that hiccup, you know, with the shoulder and just not being effective, I think, and I, you know, I, I think what initially drew me away and sometimes still does is, you know, obviously he was hurt and then Chapman got hurt and they had other guys fill in. But usually with those teams that have like 11 guys that saved a game, you're kind of like, oh, well, that doesn't look appealing, you know, to be like, oh, this guy is going to be the guy. But I think that's the one thing that's, you know, one of the things that held me back from you know, wanted to, but I think his draft price right now is just, it's so it's pretty decent, right? It's pretty decent. Um, I think he goes behind Bednar, which I don't understand why. Like, yeah. 
Uh, I don't get that either. I don't really get that. It's really, it's really confusing to me because um, I think he's not only the better pitcher, but he's on the better team. And I guess Bednar is, you know, people think he's, you know, going to get a hundred percent of the saves, which no one does. Um, and there's risk with him too, with the back injury. Um, yeah, I don't like back injuries with pitchers at all. Yeah. So like back injuries in general. <laughs> yeah. They're not fun. My back uh, has been killing me lately and <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. It seems yeah. to linger. So got to stretch, man. It's all yeah. about the stretching. Got to do the Aaron judge yoga. Yeah. 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 He, Aaron judge has a lot of stuff that he gets. <laughs> Besides the yoga. Um, but yep. Um, what's your bold prediction for this team? Um, for the Yankees, I've got, um, it's probably not super bold cause I, I could see a lot of people saying this, but I've got Harrison Bader as a top 30 outfielder. Oh, um, just really like what I saw from him in the playoffs. Um, but the Goldilocks ball in the playoffs, that's man. true. That's true. Five no, homers. No, I know we but... don't know. It's one of those things like, you know, you saw that article and you just like, oh, my God, was it all his postseason jacks from this ball? Could have been, <laughs> you know? yeah. Very, Who knows? Yeah. But Could've he was been. in his own. No, he, he was in a – he was, you know, he was locked in for for a lot of those games for sure. Yeah, it seemed like the guard. I think even the Guardians even, like, intentionally walked him because he was just unstoppable. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, we've seen, we've seen him reach double-digit homers and steals twice before in his career. Obviously, he's got the injury risk. Um, I think it was plantar fasciitis, um, which I've dealt with. It's a pain in the ass. Held me out of softball a um, long time ago for a whole season. So uh, it's definitely not fun when that resurfaces. But um, did steal 17 bases in only 86 games last year. Um, could benefit from the, uh, you know, the larger bases. Um, could see him easily being a if he's healthy 2030 guy so um and if they lead him off then he's really really appealing uh so yeah like i said bold predictions right so that's where i'm going with bader wow i mean that's uh yeah i know baseball hq had a similar up on him in their player box like you mentioned the kind of 30 20 kind of season um the 2030 however you like to look at it but um i mean he's definitely getting better in um a lot of facets of the game you know striking out a lot less he's yeah. walking less but um you know more contact is 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 always better uh who's the 96 96th outfielder on the Resball Player Raider last year. Maybe maybe top 30 is a little aggressive. I'm gonna stick with it. <laughs> well, it's bold, like you said, it's bold. I mean, his his career home run to fly balls 11.4 last year was five percent. So something like that can come up a little bit. Um, but his own contact is better. Uh, you know, pulling the ball a lot less, which I don't like to say personally. Um, <laughs> but the max EV is still strong at 110 and, um, you know, did have a strong barrel rate last year, but a lot of guys declined in that. So, um, 
I don't know. Jorge, Jorge so, Mateo was the 32nd outfielder on the on the on the Braswell player Raider. And wow. a lot of that was because of his speed. So um could certainly see Bader outperforming that type of season. But you know, certainly injury risk um throughout his career. But you know, Nimmo was able to stay healthy last year. Um maybe Judge can show him some yoga tricks. <laughs> but, uh, uh yeah so i mean what's yours what's last your year thing? no i was just gonna say last year he 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 had kind of um a dip in his split you know um at least versus righties you know he was he wasn't as strong as um he was in the beginning of the season maybe i had to do with the injuries but um I like Bader. I like Bader. I just think there's a lot to there's a lot to worry about. He just seems like the volatile type to me that yeah isn't as consistent across the board that I like to see. But um, my bold prediction for the Yankees um, is that Luis Severino will be. I guess how can I describe this? The biggest value in their pitching. So I guess to where he's being drafted to his output of stats for at the end of the year. So that, that auction calculator or however you do your valuation, I think that he's going to be the biggest profit in that starting pitching. Um, yeah. I feel like it's the perfect opportunity because he's like kind of just sneakily in there. You know, yes. as you know, they got Montas, they got, you know, the new guy and Rodon and and, and Cortez gets a lot of those guys. Yeah. yeah. And I just feel like that's great because he doesn't he could just go out there and be a beast and, and kind of fly under the radar. Um, I mean, can't really fly fully under the radar in New York, but I just think that it's a great spot for him to. um and people might be concerned about his output in terms of innings pitched, but um, I think the qual—I think the quality innings that you'll get from him is just going to be super good, you know. So, um, yeah, it's kind of similar to to Clayton Kershaw, right? Where you want like 130, 140 innings from him. You know they're going to be good innings, like. And I would I would think Severino could potentially pitch a lot more than that. I do think so too. I mean, he's got two years with one ninety under his belt, one ninety three and one ninety one. Yeah. In 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 seventeen and eighteen, so it's not like he can't do it. Um, last year he had one hundred and two. Um, so I'm expecting at least one forty, one fifty, is if he's fully healthy and, um, you know. Yeah, and if you count the playoffs last year, it was one hundred twenty three and a third. So um, he's there. Yeah, yeah, he's there. Yeah. Yeah, he was really strong when he came back too. Like he was really, really good. I think because so. he voiced a little bit about how he was put on. I don't think he was really. I don't know. Some stuff came out and then it kind of disappeared. I think they, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but he's also a free agent too next year. So after this season, Basically, so yeah. we always got our. You know, he he did get paid quite handsomely already. Um, five for fifty two. But this is his last year. He's twenty. He's going to be twenty nine when the season's um uh in february so um you know i think he he knows that he's got the opportunity to uh 
get a nice little contract um, going forward. So, yeah, I like that one. That's a that's a really good one. I and I think I think he probably moves up a bit as we get closer to the season from where he's at. Because now that you're talking about him, the ADP mover, you know, I yeah, <laughs> not just that, but but I think once once people dive deeper. I think they'll realize like where he's going now. Like we were just talking about Cortez, my last DC Severino Cortez went back to back. And yeah, they're right next to each other in that ADP. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Him, Cortez, Severino Cortez and Clay Holmes. This is uh it's a little bit of a Yankee run there. Yeah. Um, which is interesting for sure. But yeah, I like Luis Severino. Um, I think he's got a lot to prove, and I think he's gonna I think he's going to show that he doesn't want to be the forgotten guy in that in that rotation, you know? Yeah. I got a little game for you before we wrap up. Cool. Let's do it. This is the fantasy baseball spelling bee. Oh, shit. You mentioned a long time ago. So close your tabs, your 100 tabs that you got open, because I know you got 100 I, tabs open. I got 692 tabs. All right. All right. We'll start with an easy one for you. All right. Let's go. Spell McClanahan. McClanahan? Yeah. <laughs> All right. M C. Oh man, this is this is huge. Is it the double C or is it just the one C? Man. It's two C's? M C C. L A N A H A N. Got it. McClanahan. Yep. All right. Yes. And one one capitalized? Yes. Very good. Oh. All right. All right. Oof. Next. All right. You big, passed one. Big sigh of relief. Try to get a little little harder here. Oh, geez. That was fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. I've got a list of like really good ones. All right. All right. Next one. Bogarts. B-O-G. Geez, the fucking G's, man. It's the G and the J. You know, that's that's why I got fucked up last time. Yeah, B-O- yeah, a- <laughs> B-O-G. Is that why you put it in there? Bastard. Yeah. What was the um, word? <laughs> Gungle. Gungle, that's right. Yeah. All right, sorry. Jungle B-O-G. for everyone listening. Yeah. Um B-O-G-A-E-R-T-S. Bogarts. You got it. Very good. The A and the E is huge. All right. Here's another one. one's a little tougher Kirilov Alex Kirilov yeah can you use it in a sentence please <laughs> Alex Kirilov cannot he's stay a, healthy because he's a his... dud yeah <laughs> uh, K-I-R-I-L-O-F-F Kirilov where's my buzzer sound <sighs> one F two L's Two L's. Two L's? Yeah. No yeah. wonder he stinks. Can't have two L's in there. Oh, man. That's a fun two one. L's? Two L's. Shit. K-I-R. I thought you were going to get tripped because where I always mess up was with the R. K-I-R-I-L-L-O-F-F. Kyrus. Two L's, two F's. Two L's, two F's. Yeah. Anyone with off in their name is 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 is, is off. Do you want one more from yeah, from old yeah, school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We'll give you one more. Old school. Oh, boy. Tell me you're going to your Paul Ossimacher. 
I have I have him on the list. I know you do. That's right. one you told but me. That's about, not who right? I'm going to give you. Right? Yeah, I practice his spelling already. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know. All right. <laughs> Trying to figure out which one I want to give. All right. Samarja. Holy shit. Jeff Samarja. Samarja. S A M A R D. ZJ. Incorrect. Uh, Go ahead. Try again because you were on the right path. S A M A R D. J Z. No. No. It's Z I J A. Samard Zija. See, ah, man, I was wondering about that. I was wondering about that. If there was a sneakily eye in there, even though you don't really hear it. There Smart, is. did you? God damn it. That's Study hard. Up. Smarten up, Rob. Smarten up. That's hard. Just yeah, that, was hard a, to do. that was a hard one. Jeez. All right. I got a whole list of another ones, uh, of other ones. So in the future, we can. You we give can me like Babe Ruth? This, this. <laughs> yeah, Babe Ruth. Uh, that's cool. Oh, man. Give me one more. Come on, let's go. One more. All right. Cindergard. Oh, God. You're a Mets oh, fan. Oh, shit. P H O R. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm so bad at this. S Y N D E R. R two R's? No. Okay. Oh, one R. One R G two A's. R D. You got it. All right. That's what it was. Two A's. All two right. A's. All right. Okay. Not bad. Right. Not bad. All right. All right. Not too bad. Two and two and a half out of five. Two and a half. Okay. That that's good. I'll take Get it. Some tough ones. Next time I'm on and we'll have you have a panel, I'll I'll quiz everyone, play a little game. All right. I like it. I got some real tough ones on here. Like I was I was like, damn. Like we look at draft boards all day, right? Like it's like <laughs> the current ones are like probably easier than some of the older ones, but yeah, well, back in the day, uh well, I mean, especially first, you know, it's funny when you look at I've looked at some other seasons, you know, or just looking through old baseball cards. Yeah, you know, and you're like, who had these names? <laughs> some there's some very interesting names, you know, back in the day, you know. Um the 80s had some really Will Can. Earl Camboyd? Yeah. Yeah, he was solid. Dickie Thon. Yeah. <clears throat> it was just like um I think the first names too are just different. Like just you know, yeah, more creative. Cal, Wade, Dale, Mike, Gary, Eddie, Andre, Jim, Tim, Lou. Just on fan graphs on 1983. And uh, <laughs> Chet, Alan, you know, wow. yeah, Willie. There's not really a lot of um, you know, no trays, right? No, no Vladimirs, no Mookies. Logan. Yeah, no Logans, no Mannies, no Garrett's, no Austins. Just uh, you know, all the 
all the new age names started to come out, you know, all the hippie names, and that's it. No more Jacks. No more Garys. It's just out. On its way out. No Kens. I hate Wayne. Ken. Wayne. <laughs> Felix. Felix for mean. Felix for mean. Wow. That's a name for you right there. Yeah. He was I think I, I think I got his rookie card. For mean rookie. You didn't put throw that puppy up on eBay. It's gotta be a good penny right now, right? <laughs> get get like three cents. Felix for mean. Who was the other um there was another Felix that I really liked that was good. Felix Jose. Felix, you remember Felix Jose? Familiar, yeah. 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 He played um, St. Louis, Kansas City. Yeah. 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 14, 14 homers and 28 stone bases, 295 average in 1992. Yeah. Three years later, he's out of the league. That's a big The guy hits 303 in his last full year. What happened to him? Felix Pie. Felix Pie. Jeez, a lot of Felix. Yeah, Bautista is the, the main one right now. Hernandez. Felix, Felix, Felix Hernandez. Yeah, Felix Hernandez is the obvious King Felix. Oh, then there's Junior Felix. Do you remember Junior Felix? No. No, what, what Toronto. Was he was a stud in Toronto for his first couple of years. No, this guy, he hits 306, 13 homers in, in 1994, and then the next year he's in Japan. I mean, what happened? Felix Hernandez pitched 249 and two-thirds innings in 2010. My, how the game has changed. Um, he was just, he was an animal. How many yeah. straight seasons of 200? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Eight seasons of 200 innings in a row, sandwiched with uh, 190, 190 in front of those. What a what a That's stud! Sick. Is he a Hall of Famer? 170 mm-hmm. wins. Yeah. Do they do they look six at All Star teams? One Cy Young. I don't know. In any case, did, did they make the playoffs with him? 2,500 strikeouts. That's a good question. Yeah, it's not his fault if they didn't make it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> wasn't, it wasn't because of him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, seven box in his career. <laughs> seven box? Yeah, I just look that's up like it. random shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wow, he's very good. I'm just, I'm, I'm just awestruck looking at his seasons. You know, I know. I forgot. Like you forget how good because, like, he ended his career kind of shitty, right? He did. But like, man, he was so good before that. He was amazing. I just, yeah. I'm really, really looking at these numbers. Like, wow, this this rabbit hole we go down. <laughs> Felix. Oh, it's <laughs> Started really with fascinating. Felix for me. I mean, he was 37th all-time in strikeouts. Yeah. But. but one to one whip for his career. You know, you could That's say, yeah, he was 37th, but Javier Vasquez is 35th. Oh. You know, Jerry Kuzman's 34th. Um, but that's, I don't know. I think that's a, I guess, 
I, I think he's got a decent shot, right? At the Hall of Fame. I mean, yeah. um is Mikey Moose in? He's he's in, right? Mikey Musina got in, right? Yeah. 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 So, but he had a hundred more wins. That's huge. He pitched uh I think a lot more seasons too, right? 18. Let's see. 18 years? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, three more seasons than Felix. Yeah, he's got a lot of lot more uh he's got the gold gloves too. World mm, the old gold gloves. Ah, uh, well, nice little I'm glad I'm not a right Hall now. of Fame voter because I see I see all these Hall of Fame ballots being released and Put him in. That's my thing. Put him in. Put him in. Look at some of them. Like, why are you voting for that guy? Yeah. Like who? Who's who's the name that pops up? You're like who? Uh, who's on the ballot this year? Uh, let's see. What about um Jimmy Jimmy Rollins? Do you think he's a Hall of Famer? Hmm. I'm going to give Bob Cremutol an opportunity to turn the podcast off <laughs> before I answer this. I'm going to say no. Okay. I know he was an MVP, but like he doesn't like, I don't know. I don't remember like for fantasy purposes, he was like awesome. But, well, like, yeah, he's in the fantasy game. hall of fame for sure. The fantasy hall of fame. Yeah. 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 Um, two hundred and thirty home runs, four hundred and seventy stolen bases, two hundred two sixty four average. Um, yeah, he did have well his MVP season was thirty homers, forty one stolen bases, um, two ninety six. Nice. Yeah. He's always he, and he was he was just a steady as they come in terms of games too and plate appearances. He he was always in the game, you know. Um. Like JJ Hardy, like no, you're not getting in the Hall of Fame. Someone voted for him. Yeah, yeah, that's. I gotta go I, find who that was. I think. I think I saw that too. Actually, JJ Hardy. Someone voted for him. That's interesting. Um, yeah, Bronson Arroyo. No. JJ Hardy, 188 home runs in his career. Career 305 uh, OBP. Eight for 17 on the base path. Jesus Christ, JJ. <laughs> Didn't we draft him for steals one year? I can't remember. I thought he was like, well, a if you did, you did, you did <laughs> you didn't get any. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he didn't strike out a lot, though. Just yeah. positives. Oh, my God. All right. People have probably turned this off. So. Eh, whatever. It's fun. <laughs> All right, Ryan. This was cool. We'll resume yeah. with um the rest of the AL East uh, sometime soon, I'm sure. And um, keep it rocking and rolling. Buddy, tell everyone where to find you and uh, what you're up to now. Maybe when will your closer save projections be out? Hopefully soon, within okay. the next couple of weeks for sure. Like, like I'm really trying to play with, um, I want to do my own projections for at least the main closers, like top 40, 50 guys. Um, last year I did a top 70. I'd like to to do that again. Um, but um, I've been kind of playing around with my own, creating my own sort of system for 
analyzing uh, closures. I have a whole list of things I want to like weigh into um, how I rank closures. Um, you know, just the the a lot of the pretty obvious things like age and history of saves and mm-hmm. you know raw skills, things like that. But um, also factoring in like you know opportunity and manager loyalty and uh, strength of the alternate options and you know leverage index WPA some of the, the those current things and um, you know durability obviously a big one so I don't know there's a lot of variables I want to factor in but I don't think I'm smart enough to like create my own system so um, I'll, I'll probably do more of an eye test on a lot of those things but um, yeah, within the next couple of weeks, I would expect my my initial rankings to be out. And um, you know, I've 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 talked about a lot of the guys I've liked already countless times. So um, you should know who I'm on uh, if you've listened to me before and who I'm off of. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll get those rankings out on RotoWire.com soon. And uh, you can always find me on Twitter at Ryan Roof R U F E. Um, thanks to you and Bubba for I, I finally broke the 1500 follower mark which you know is is cool it's not like a but it was for me it was i was under like right under it for a long time <laughs> like i think i was at 1499 for like um, five months or something so thanks to you guys for the the new uh followers and uh, appreciate everyone who engages with me on there and uh look forward to drafting against a lot of you uh, this coming season. Amen. Good stuff, man. Just keep it up. I'm very interested in to see what you come up with for stave totals for um closes this year. And uh keep doing what you're doing, man. We're only gonna Yeah only I'm gonna pulling, keep rising. Pulling uh you know the the Vegas totals and stuff for projected wins and kind of looking at the past history of uh how saves are distributed on each team. So that goes into it too. But uh cool. Awesome. I kind of want to take a look at how I did last year when with say projections versus how they actually performed um, before I, I actually go through that exercise. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, I have some targets, um, have some guys uh, I'm really on and some guys I'm not, um, I did targets and fades on my list last year. So I'll do that again. Um, and I think uh, just a little spoiler, Edwin Diaz is probably going to be on my fade list. So, Jesus uh, Christ, fine. Yeah. Way to fucking send me off, huh? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Jesus Christ. I mean, anyways, just... don't be a bag of shit. Yeah. Don't definitely Smart don't enough, be a bag, don't of, be a bag shit. of shit. It looks like the Mets are walking away from Carlos Correa, too. It's just a great time to put on Twitter. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> Thanks right. for having me, Rob. It's always fun talking to you. And uh, 100%, man. Appreciate yep. it. See you next week, and we'll uh, resume the AL East, and hopefully by the beginning of the season we'll get to every team. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe we, we only hit two of the. That's okay. The we'll come back with a, a little more of a streamlined process today. Uh, we really just uh, like we do most of the time. We really just like on the fly, like hey, let's just let's just do this and yeah. get it together. So, but um, yep. Thanks, Ryan, and I'll talk to you soon. That sounds good. Alrighty, folks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast. Find me on Twitter at Dead Pull Hitter and at Pull Hitter Pod. Looking to keep trucking along with the divisional series, team by team series, and other great podcasts coming up next week. Going to be a fun-filled week as well. Some heavy hitters coming on 
and we're going to keep it rolling, keep helping you down that path to winning fantasy baseball this year. And thank you for anybody reaching out and offering um, kind words of encouragement. Um, you guys are really the best and really, really does keep me going. Appreciate it. And don't be a bag of shit.